This is Internet Marketing. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 117 of Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. I am with Mr. Kelvin Newman. Hello, good morning, good evening, good middle of the night, no matter what time it is, hello to you all. That's got to be one of the longest intros I've, I've ever listened yeah? to, Kelvin. Okay, yes. um, I could try and do it in all the different languages from all I the different just people around hello. the world. Hello, sorry. Yeah, that's, that's fine. <laughs> and I'm Andy White. And today, Kelvin, uh, we are going to play the viewers slash listeners a yes. little snippet, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. So um, as we mentioned in the last episode, um, Brighton SEO, which was a conference I was you know responsible for organising on the 1st of April here in Brighton in the UK. Um, and my colleagues and regular podcast friend and guest, um, Graham Benstead-Hune, and um, Hume, sorry, not Hume, Hume, um, and Joe Morley, two colleagues of mine, um, were talking at the Brighton SEO event. Um, they were talking about um, some recent changes in the UK um, about the Advertising Standards Authority and their um, CAP code, and some changes in in terms of you know increasing the you know the remit of this um, regulatory body now i know a lot of you are listening um, around the world um you know who might not be in an area covered by the asa um but what's interesting is a lot of these kind of regulations and rule changes are coming in all over europe all over the states the ftc are d- doing similar kind of changes so it's interesting to understand some of the things that are you know being frowned upon by the regulatory bodies that you know used to be considered okay and you know some of the limits in how these regulations work and cover internet marketing so i think a really interesting topic from a really good presentation at hopefully what i think was a pretty amazing seo conference brilliant so let's let's roll the tape as they say qvt so now i've got a question for you that's a rhetorical one so don't feel that you have to answer it back but what's the toughest job in in seo do we reckon head of seo at mahalo maybe or like any job at yahoo um actually i'll tell you the t- people who have the two hardest jobs in seo it's joe and graham because they sit next to me in the site visibility office now you might think that'd be great but listening to jive bunny on repeat and eating um sausage and mozzarella bagels at 10 past 10 does make people hungry now they're going to be talking to us about something that I'm sure a few of you have all heard about, but you know, to what extent have you really looked into these new ASA or ISO um, guidelines that influence how we do particularly social media, but also quite a lot on SEO. So over to you guys. Thank you very much. Um, yes, yeah, so we're going to be talking about the ASA guidelines and what they mean for us as digital marketers. Hmm. It should be mentioned that we're not legal experts uh, this is more about um, looking at how it affects us as, as you say digital marketers um, so. so who are the um, ASA they're the advertising standards authority and they are the body who are responsible for making sure that the adverts we see are true to what they what they're promoting you know what you see is what you actually get um, and the cap are the committee of advertising practice so they write the rules they've written this code and the Advertising Standards Authority are responsible for regulating this. And until recently, this has only covered online paid ads, so pay-per-click, banner ads, and hasn't actually covered anything else at all, which is unbelievable. Hello. Is this working? Hi. (laughs) 
So, uh, historically, what are they for? What has ASA or the ASA done for anyone? Um, so, uh, looking at this, who would think the Feel Good Drinks Co. were producing health drinks? I'd say probably, yeah. No added sugar. Actually, 26% of your recommended daily allowance is packed into this beautiful little bottle uh, of sugar, as I say. So, not all that healthy. Um, the ASA did ban uh, this advert as it stands for misleading the audience. Uh, another, oh, goodness, Miss <laughs> Sophie Dahl, put your clothes on, said the ASA, um, after a record number of complaints um, for this particular advert. Got a nipple in there, look. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I heard that this advert actually caused rioting in... Yeah. I think it may have caused a riot in Birmingham or something. I don't know. That's hearsay. It's probably not true. I'm sorry? Yeah. I suppose, yeah. I suppose, well, I mean, it was down to where it was appropriate. And, of course, on a street corner, you can't stop kiddies looking at it. Yeah, totally. Cool. Uh, what next? We are not making any judgments on this. Um, I just wanted to point it out. Travel Palestine um, had a advert which they... Um, had in a, a number of uh, different uh, press uh, releases um, saying that Bethlehem was one of their um, sort of historical cities. And um, interestingly, the ASA uh, decided to withhold that, so they actually had to take down this advert. And um, another, probably one of my favourite examples about being honest. Anybody see what's wrong with this advert? Anybody know? Those, sorry? Four eyelashes, shame on you, Miss Kate. Um, yeah, so uh, they, uh, was it Rimmel, I think, um, had to take this down simply because, you know, they didn't tell us all that she was wearing these amazing fake eyelashes. Uh, we all were led to assume, of course, that it was the makeup. So the big question is, when will somebody crack down uh, on misleading uh, marketing? And the answer is, from the 1st of March, this now covers um, all uh, online marketing communications uh, on the web, uh, as they say. So uh, this means that, um, as we've gone through really, um, the ASA's uh, digital remit um, now covers um, all marketing messages, um, no matter how large you are as a business. Um, so whether you're a sole trader or a multinational, it doesn't matter through um, your websites, your blogs, any social media sort of channels that you have. Um, if you would... We did want to show you a lovely little video. This is the um, advert. They've basically given a six-month grace period from September until March the 1st, where they were promoting the message and making sure that all advertisers knew about it so they're ready to, to sort of deal with it from the 1st of March. But the internet isn't working, so <laughs> unfortunately we can't. Uh, just very quickly, their um, official line on it, uh, which really, well, to summarise it, um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're extending to all paid and non-paid um, spaces uh, which a business is in control of. Okay. So. So why has this only happened now? I mean, it's a big question. It has applied everywhere else. Um, but actually, last year was the first time that um, online advertising spending uh, actually exceeded TV. Yet this was was untracked. You could basically say what you wanted, and there were no repercussions. Um, yet, so unsurprisingly, the internet became the second most complained about medium after TV. And last year alone, there were 3,500 complaints that fell outside of the remit. So, you know, no one could get into any trouble and they could carry on uh, behaving in this way. 
So the Conservative government actually made it part of their pledge, particularly for the protection of children, to make sure that uh, marketers weren't lying in their messages online and promising things they couldn't deliver. So how does this affect us as digital marketers? Um, a couple of things that you are going to have to look out for um, throughout all of your uh, messages. <laughs> Claims you can't back up. It's how long? Um, <laughs> not that long. Um, so, um, yeah. Um, so, for example, uh, going back to BT's example um, of... Um, cons I don't think I've got actually to that example yet, have I? Um, BT have uh, historically said they've got the fastest, consistent broadband speeds for everybody everywhere, um, which got a lot of complaints because it wasn't strictly speaking true. Some people in some areas, of course, didn't have great connections. Um, they also had um, systems in place where if you used um, your connection a lot and um, the bandwidth was kind of growing small because there are a lot of people around you, they'd limit your uh, connection quite, quite significantly. Um, so, for example, stream a film uh, on Love film, for example, and um, for the next two hours or something, you're going to have uh, tiny crawling connections. Um, another massive one, as we said, is that it's going to have huge social media implications, um, and it's referred to uh, in the CAP code as non-paid for space under the advertiser's control. So at the moment, user-generated content, so comments on your Facebook page, that's outside of the remit. However, if you were to use um, people's comments in your marketing communication, then actually you're no longer allowed to do that and you will get a slap on the wrist for it. Um, unsubstantiated retweets or likes. So if somebody's tweeted something, you retweet it, or somebody's uh, posted something on your forum or your blog and you then engage with it, but it's not true or it's, you know, there's something about it that the, the date's expired, but you've then promoted it, um, then you get in trouble for that as well. Uh, I think it was Topshop particularly got in trouble for this one recently, where someone tweeted, oh, I've just bought a brilliant uh, skirt in the sale at Topshop, I love them. They retweeted it, the skirt was no longer on sale, wasn't available, so it was unsubstantiated and not true at the time they posted it. So that's, you know, you've got to be careful on that one now. Mm. <laughs> uh, photos, if, you know, on Facebook, if someone tags your photos of your product of an event and you then use them on your website as marketing collateral, that's now not allowed at all. You've got to be really careful with that. And the big one that's a little bit hazy on how they're going to uh, reinforce this or how strict they're going to be is distance selling marketing messages. So it now suggests that if you're running a promotion or selling something, you've got to include all the details about it, all the small print, the price, whether it's uh, on sale, whether when it can be delivered, where it can be delivered, if it's available, which obviously in 140 <coughs> characters is just not possible. Cool. So, uh, taking advantage of competitors' trademarks um, in SEO, I suppose, well, in pay-per-click, this is a fairly, um, well, we've seen it in practice, you know, um, especially, say, in the gambling industry, um, search for a particular company, and you may well find that um, another organisation is ranking higher, or, you know, uh, displaying higher for, that, um, for their trademark term. Um, that's now also the case within SEO. So whether you're creating, for example, a, a piece of content uh, with the intent of uh, helping you rank higher in, say, Google um, Organics um, for uh, competitors' trademark, that's, that's grounds for um, complaint. Um, very quick one on price draws. And uh, I think we're, are we a little bit guilty of this today? 
guidelines on this one this morning. <laughs> you have yeah. broken the guidelines on this today. Uh, there we are. Um, so yeah, um, within, say for example, if you were running a competition on Twitter, or perhaps with, um, <laughs> for example, um, or um, on Face. Well, anyone here would complain, of course. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Um, yeah, and especially with um, good old Facebook uh, changing their rules and guidelines slightly on um, how you're allowed to uh, promote um, competitions, um, you just have to make absolutely sure um, that all of your terms and conditions are very, very um, clearly laid out for everybody to see. Um, child safety. This is <laughs> slightly dodgy image there. <laughs> Um, this kind of falls into what I was saying about the, the government's pledge. It's about protecting our, our children who are more susceptible to what marketers will lie about in their ads. Um, and also sharing a photo online of a child in a hazardous situation, as this would <laughs> potentially suggest. Um, forums and reviews. Uh, this is another one that's a little bit unclear. Um, because you are you know, posting and people actually um, commenting on reviews is outside of the remit, but it's obviously bad practice and I'm sure nobody does any of these things anyway, but if you were to do them, then um, censoring negative reviews, so only letting free positive ones and only allowing those to be on your site um, is now outside the remit and if you get caught, you'd be in trouble. Is there any reason why you use big media as commonly used? They don't use that anymore. I checked. They it's all different now. They've changed their branding, I'm sure. Anybody from Big Mouth? <laughs> Have you got a yes. trouble here? <laughs> I can check this with loads of people. Then I think they've largely removed it. Yeah, I, 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 was, I was of the understanding that they didn't use it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't being like that. Oh. What have you started here? <laughs> um, so the other one is obviously making false reviews yourself. So logging in as another person, pretending you absolutely love all your products and bigging yourself up, really. If I don't know how they're going to track this one. That's something that they've been criticised for because nobody's quite sure how strict they're going to be or how they would monitor this. But um, they have stated that this is something that falls within the, the new remit. Cool. Uh, so blogger outreach, probably not the best titled. Slide actually, um, looking at how people, um, if you're getting uh, guest bloggers, for example, um, you need to make it quite clear if, say, those are uh, paid for um, entries by a guest blogger, or if you're guest blogging on another blog, you need to be uh, fully disclosed um, that that's the relationship, it's a paid relationship. Um, interesting point here, thinking as well as sort of using blogs and maybe content. Uh, syndication, in case anybody gets involved in that sort of thing. Um, looking at pen names was quite an interesting point for me. So, for example, I don't necessarily want to have um, a member of our team, mm -hmm. for example, um, with their name on a piece of SEO content. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't feel like as individuals that's something which is always appropriate. So, instead, we, we use a consistent pen name. It's, it's a pen name and we, we make it quite clear who we are and what company we're from. Um, does that come under the ACES uh, or the CAP guidelines? It's difficult. It is a difficult one and they haven't actually had much clarity on it but technically you would be, if it was for marketing communications and you were promoting a message about the company under a false name I guess, mm -hmm. 
than yeah, it would fall under. Yeah, I mean, the way that I've been looking at it, um, okay, so a pen name's one thing, uh, creating a, an entirely false profile is very, very different. And I, I think trying to gauge how misleading something is. To be honest, I don't think uh, who wrote a particular article matters too much to whoever's reading it or not reading it um, in some SEO articles cases. Um, so yeah, I, I think just, just stay on the side of not misleading clients. Just be, just be a bit honest. I think you're going to get on just fine. So um, actually, leading on from that, uh, undisclosed paid promotion. So advertorials, for example, um, if you're uh, plastering those over, for example, you know, a, a nice um, affiliate site, um, that's great, but you do now need to disclose that that is a paid um, promotion. What you can. So what you can still do. <laughs> um, so press releases are fine. Uh, interestingly, uh, any other public relations material, as long as um, you're not directly uh, promoting your um, services or products. Um, so editorial content, um, corporate reports. Probably shouldn't have put that in because I'm not entirely sure how that affects us. <laughs> but there we are. Um, and investor relations, um, all absolutely fine. Um, natural listings on search engines or price comparison sites, interestingly, aren't included either. And of course, um, heritage advertising. So, you know, um, being able to, uh, say on YouTube, for example, uh, show your old adverts <laughs> if you're that sort of company uh, is absolutely fine as long as it's within the right context, as long as people know this isn't a current advert. So, <laughs> how, <laughs> how will they be enforcing this? Um, so they've had a six month grace period, as I said, to let people know about it. It's now enforceable. Uh, nobody's as yet been reprimanded, as far as I know. Um, and the kind of process would be, there's an informal warning, um, and they would contact you, ask you to withdraw your ad. If you don't do that, you could potentially be reported to the Office of Fair Trade, who then would crack down on you. Uh, but interestingly, and this is something we're going to kind of have to see how it plays out, they won't actually actively be policing this. It's only if someone complains about you that then you would get in trouble or potentially get asked to remove your ad. And they've only taken on 10% new staff to deal with the complaints. Uh, but previously they had a 90... <laughs> yeah, that's literally, that's all, apparently. And considering there were 3,500 complaints last year, that's going to be interesting. Um, but previously they had a 97% compliance rate in all their offline and other paid broadcasting. So people do just want to be seen as complying and not to get a bad name for themselves. So again, it's something we'll have to just see how it plays out. Uh, the penalties though, if you don't comply, they're pretty bad. They've got a name and shame policy. They've got a page on their site. So you, your name will be going up there with what you've done wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> There's um, always one. <laughs> but even worse, they could use your name and your advert in their paid advertisements that they'll be using to promote the, the cap code. So that's obviously not really ideal. <laughs> um, and they can also remove your PPC ads, so they can take away your online rights. Which... Yeah, that's it. Google are working with them. Google, I think, I couldn't find exact data on it to put it in, but Google apparently have seeded this, so they've put some money in towards mm -hmm. this to make sure it's enforced, so they are obviously working with them on it, which is interesting. So, is it good or bad for the industry? Um, I'd suggest probably, well, along the sort of 
almost the undercurrent of today, sort of about sort of growing up and perhaps, um, you know, uh, perhaps um, we're, we're looking at sort of legitimising uh, digital marketing, um, hopefully in, in, the, in the eyes of the consumer, which is probably doubly important uh, with sort of uh, social media and um, making sure that's more credible, just so that consumers know that there is a body behind that supporting them and, and um, you know, sort of fighting their side, hopefully. Um, it puts everybody on an even playing field. It's an interesting point, did you? Yeah, basically, it, this kind of referred to if um, you were losing out uh, to a competitor who was basically lying, saying their services were cheaper, saying they offered this, that and the other, you know, essentially they didn't, but they could until now say that and they could win business from you by saying that. They now can't. You can report them and they can get in trouble. They'll have to remove their messages. So everybody's now equal. What you're offering has to be what you're delivering, mm. uh, which is interesting. And another thing, particularly uh, with social media, is if, you know, I kind of thought, is this now, if you've got to put all the small print in your tweet about a promotion you're running, is that going to affect our freedom of speech and how we can talk online? Again, we'll have to see. I don't think it's one by the sounds of things that they are going to crack down on if you're not putting all your details in a tweet about something, but we'll have to see. Um, and clarity. This is something at the moment we can't offer. Nobody's been reprimanded, and we don't know how strict they're going to enforce this. So uh, that's just what, what we're going to have to see what happens, really. Um, they have obviously been promoting this with their adverts and trying to let people know about it and they do offer very expensive audits for people who are unsure so I would advise you just learn it yourself and don't have to spend eight grand oh. nice <laughs> <laughs> there you go um, yeah basically watch this space and you're back. and you're back and just some little takeaway facts for you fantastic cool. um, Okay, we're, we're a bit behind on time, so um, I'll only take like, a question. Is that all right, Bass? Oh, Bass is... Sorry, guys, he's nearer. <laughs> Trevor the first, yeah. Um, thank you. Um, actually, I'm working on extra guidelines for the Dutch and the European uh, ASA oh, okay. on this matter. And what we are doing is trying to get a grip on uh, how uh, um, things are advertised with people who are getting stuff. For example, I give you an iPad yep. and I don't tell you to actually tweet about it, but if you do, then I have to have a, web, a website on which I say that I give away iPads for free. Um, are there going to be any guidelines like that here in the UK? Not that I know of. All they've said, as far as I've read, is that there will be online guidance. You can go onto the um, CAP website and sign up for apparently, you know, they're going to send out emails updating people on where, where this goes. But as far as I've read, I haven't seen anything that's been specific guidance on that. Okay, because if you look at, for example, the WOMA in the US and, and mm -hmm. the FTC, they have extra guidelines. That's the same guidelines we're basing okay. the European ones on. So we're, maybe it's an idea to get some U European yeah, people one together to, to watch out for <laughs> to and, and whether, whether they will then release more as it, as it plays out. I, d I don't know. Okay. I'll get in touch with the <laughs> yeah, I think it's um, wait and see um, is the, the general message on there. So thanks, guys, for um, um, your talk there. Up next, we've got... Um well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. 
you can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. If you're inside the UK, it's o one two seven three two five six one five zero. And you can leave a voice comment or question, and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. Mm-hmm.